Greetings. This is Brilliant Perception, where believing is seeing. I'm quelled music, and this is yet another sermon here. Um, I appreciate everyone who took the time out to listen, however long you did. For the last sermon, I do appreciate your attention. It uh, means the world to me. And for those who have subscribed, who has uh, saved this to their playlist, I appreciate, uh, appreciate you as well, meaning you want more. Um, and for those of you, um, I definitely am I'm glad to bring another one. And um, it's exciting uh, because there's a lot of good things happening behind the scenes I get to talk about now. But today uh, on our sermon, uh, I won't, you know, belong the time. We're going to be discussing uh, concerns. There's been a lot of stressing going on. Um, a lot of things of that nature. And um, I, I believe it's something that we need to talk about. So our topic today is concern free. Let's get into it. Now, these sermons, uh, if I can say for a moment, uh, have been so refreshing to me. And, and, and full of enlightenment. And I truly hope it has been the same for you. This is much needed for me as of late. Um, you know, I've been trying to understand my emotions with life and nature and dealing with other people and trying to figure out how and when you're vibing with someone and you're connecting and you both agree that you are and then they ghost you. If you ever had that happened, you know, in the dating world or, you know, someone you thought was could be a potentially best friend or good friend of yours and if things going well. Actually been on the other side of that as well, where it, it appeared as though I ghosted, you know, someone who was potentially a great friend. Um, you know, you never know what the case is, but it, ultimately it feels like you've been left hanging and you don't hear from them anymore and you're unable to reach them etc and I'll be absolutely Keitha with it and those that you know listened to the sermon before know that I mean 100% truthful when I say Keitha as my grandfather was 100% truthful uh, without sugar should I say that <clears throat> so I'll keep it Keitha I had a hard time sleeping after that experience of feeling like I was ghost. And I, I knew right then and there that there was something going on within me because the way I was feeling, I, I did not like that feeling. I didn't, I didn't like the feeling of not being able to sleep well. I didn't like the feeling of, you know, it, it, it's almost like no closure. It leaves you squirming, you know, and... um I was believing that I should feel this way, so um, I had to see what was going on with me. And I had to uh, meditate, I had to pray, I had to get clarity that I needed to be uh, more concern-free. And I thought, <clears throat> there may be other people that are, are, are feeling this way today, going through this, uh, feeling like you haven't had closure because something, you know, ended, um, you know, 
you know, just out of nowhere. And it was going so well. And, uh, you know, when you look into the word care, you know, I like to look into the etymology of the word, where it came from and, you know, its exact meaning. I use the old Webster 1828, got that from a good, uh, great researcher and Dan Calloway. But <clears throat> the word care, we see it as defined as concern. To care is to be concerned. It's also defined as anxiety. We know anxiety is a mental uh, illness in which <clears throat> there's clouding in the judgment or in the brain, which makes a lot of your decisions unclear. Okay. Um, uh, we also see under care the definition showing solitude. Now, it's, it's to some degree pain in the mind. To care, at some degree, is actual pain in your mind. Now, we must learn to be concern-free. Hmm? Care-free. Some dating sites actually ask you the question, are you more of an intense person or more carefree? I'm saying today, carefree, concern-free, same thing. You should try a little bit of it. I never advise people to overindulge in uh, anything, but to have a balance. And if you find yourself being more of an intense person, then today I would advise you or I would invite you to start learning how to be concern free. Let me let me explain before you start thinking that it's some kind of irresponsible thing to do, because when under the frequencies of concern, we build up anxiety and pain in the mind that works against us when overused. You understand. Things happen in our lives in which we are never prepared for the details. I mean, it's just nearly impossible to prepare for certain things. And I know someone who experienced being told when the lease was up on their apartment that they could not renew it. and was not even given an explanation, nor was required to give one. Now he has this, this this person has four kids, and they're little kids. They rely on him to take care of them, and here comes life knocking again. I heard someone say, be there for others, but never leave yourself behind. Well, in this situation, he had figured it was the squabbles that he had gotten into with the mother of his children. And someone must have reported the fights, you know, because the police came out on certain occasions and, and, and uh, you know, on more than one occasion. So chances are no, you know, concerned neighbors or what have you or somebody, maybe even somebody in the situation 
notified the office. He was simply trying to be there for his children's mother and allow her to see the kids because he had full custody. But being there for her, he ended up leaving himself behind. So again, be there for others, but never leave yourself behind. Understand. Well, some people don't like that word, understand. So uh, I'll say, do you follow me? Okay. So with that being the case, if we look into some old ancient texts, it says that a lamb which the Lord thy God careth for, the eyes of the Lord thy God, are always upon it from the beginning of the year even until the end of the year. What does that say? We operate just like the source. We operate just like which we come from, our Father. So that tells us that the same goes for us. That if God cares for something and his, uh, uh, his eyes are always upon it, what do you think happens when we're, when we care for someone or we care for something? Hmm? We get locked in. Concern is a focused energy. One which causes us to become obsessed with whatever we care about. And if what we care about causes harm, then we are neglecting self. Do you understand? Do you follow See how I did that? Being mindful. But do you follow? Now, in the Gospel of Thomas, Jesus says, or the character Jesus says, do not be concerned from morning even until evening about what you wear. The message here is metaphysical. See, in this, in this book I like asking, it is given by Abraham Hicks. It says, when you continue to focus upon any thought, it becomes increasingly easy to continue to focus upon it because the law of attraction is making more thoughts like it available to you. And so, emotionally speaking, you are developing a mood or an attitude. Vibrationally speaking, you are achieving a habitual vibrational groove, so to speak, or, or, or a set point. All this through continuous focused thought on whatever it is that you're concerned about. You're creating habits that will keep creating a need to feel this concern. We must learn to decode the ancient stories. I know, I know some people get a, a hatred, which is a strong dislike for the old ancient stories because somebody decided to take it from Africa or take it from old texts, take it from Grecians or whatever and, and mix them up and chop them up through the centuries. What do you expect? Thousands of years of texts Somebody discover it and want power. What do you think happens? 
but we can't go getting all uh, hateful towards it all together. We've got to decode. We've got to put it together. You've got to do what makes you feel comfortable in this life. For some, that's being Christian. For some, that's being Muslim. For some, that's being Muslim. But at the end of it all, you have to be satisfied with the life that you have lived to the fullest of your uh, ability and in, in, in truth in which you can live with. So we must learn to decode the ancient stories and books through the metaphysical sense of things because this is where we truly hold power to change our behavior and ultimately our life. Now, if you're one of those uh, you know, followers of, I ain't gonna say no names, but followers of certain people who have a, a, a hatred for the old text of the Bible, this is not your kind of podcast. But for everyone else who can get the code out, not just the Bible, but all the texts, African proverbs, the, the everything. Who just wants the bottom line? Who wants the truth? And we know we can't get that all in one book. This is your kind of podcast. Okay? So don't spend all day being concerned with what went wrong. I'm not spending all day being concerned with who uh, likes or dislikes my podcast. I'm not spending all day being concerned with who thinks that I'm wrong or who thinks that I'm right. Don't spend all day being concerned with what somebody think about you, concerned with how you're going to pay a bill, how you're going to eat, what clothes are you going to put on, you don't have no shoes for this event. Because when it comes down to the bone of it, the thrift store has some really nice clothes. If we want to take it there, uh, there are some nice donations. But we don't want to get into all of that because we know it ain't. We rather stress because we got something called an ego. We got the status. We got a reputation. So we decide, it's a choice. You're deciding to, to stress, to be overly concerned with things that you don't need to be. Although Jesus uses the example of clothing, the principle of these words extend to every external factor in our life. Okay? And I'll tell you this. Do not grow anxiety about the things going on outside of yourself. Your physical body is included in that outside of yourself. And the personal example I've given you related to this topic, I was concerned about how someone else felt about me. It's human nature because we have feelings that are, you know, tailored to the things and others that we experience in this life simulation right so I'll admit I wanted I wanted things to go well right 
Not wrong for that. We're human for that. But here's the issue. Once you find yourself, you present yourself. And if someone isn't satisfied with the choices that follow you from who you were before and the choices you made prior, we must learn to be concerned free with the outcome. As hard as that may sound. And of course you may say, I'm a good person. I made some poor choices in the past, but I'm different today. Even then, you're left thinking, what did I do wrong today? Even when the odds are stacked against us, one just has to believe. All it takes is one to believe. And the most satisfying part for me is knowing that I count as one even though it's happening to me. Do you understand? I didn't have to wait on my mama to say, I can do it. I didn't have to wait on a friend to say, I can do it. I didn't have to wait on a family member to say, I can do it. All I needed was me to set the way to change in motion for my life. There was a story in the book uh, called the, the Magic of Believing where a man's back was severely broken. And he was told by the doctor that he would never walk again. And they were sure. And he said he remembers what his mother told him as he laid there in that hospital. His mother told him this as a kid. And it ran through his mind. So one just has to believe. He was laying in the hospital unable to move on his, on, on that hospital bed, unable to move on his own, worrying about his future and what the rest of his life would be like. I couldn't imagine. Because I had tears rolling down my face when I thought I'd never be able to play basketball again. Just from uh, uh, stitches, nine stitches in my hand. I was 12 years old, but I, in, in my mind, it, it wasn't about any pain. I was thinking about my future. What if I never get to dunk? What if I, I never get to play again? I never give, got like to give it a real shot. Because up to that point, uh, I, my ankle was fractured the year before when I went to try out at, at 11 years old. So I missed that season. And here I was going into the seventh grade season, stitches. So it was rough in my mind. So I couldn't imagine not being able to walk again, told by the professionals that you wouldn't do so. And all he could remember is something that was very vital, but he remembers his mother saying all it takes is one to believe. Understand, with that being the case, after a while that man began to feel that if he could hold on to the mental picture that he would be all right and actually believed it to be true, he could get well. Long story short, he was back to crawling underneath and over cars as a mechanic as though nothing happened. He walked out in time for Christmas. And I did say walk out. It was a plane crash, I believe. Yeah, you can imagine. So think about this. There's no need to be concerned with what 
uh, you will wear what you gonna eat I know it feels like it because some people are really um, from the from the gutter where you don't know what you're gonna eat you don't know what you're gonna wear when it's time for school and it seems as though it would be the sensible thing to do as you wouldn't want to walk around naked we shouldn't obsess with this morning and night trying to figure things of this nature out this kind, these kind of things are needs clothing and, and food and shelter these are basic needs on the Maslow chart Bates they're at the bottom you can't even get to the top of the pyramid they at the this is the very first level so imagine that being the highlight of your day trying to figure out what you're going to eat trying to figure out where you're going to be at trying to figure out what you're going to wear with this occupying you I can guarantee you if this is the highlight of your day I can tell you what kind of life you're living right now you're living by the hour you're living by the minute understand if you have ever found yourself or finding yourself doing this now you're in 100% survival mode when you can when you can't even think about what good you can contribute to the world because you're trying to get a meal for the day you're trying to find something to wear today you put yourself in a small existence and you're of no major impact to this world in which we should be. You can prepay future experiences that are immediate. Or experiences that are in your more distant future. Once you have an opportunity to see how your deliberate thought positively impacts your experiences you will want to do it even more but you got to give yourself a chance to look at life this way you don't have to be concerned with things that work against your purpose or, or take from your focus on making things better in your life experience we must learn to protect self and not be concerned with things going on outside self I mean to the point where it hurt self so when I got ghosted it was very possible that she was protecting herself maybe she saw something that uh, she wasn't ready for and ought to save herself this is the way you got to learn to look at things it's, it's not always some tragic uh, you know situation where someone's just being disrespectful trust me I had to learn right you must be able to cut things or people off in order to save yourself if it come down to that you must be able to look at your own behavioral pattern and say I know who I used to be it's not completely out of this picture yet so I want to give my old man I don't want to give my old man no ammunition you follow me. Exodus 12 and 15 says, Seven days shall ye eat unleavened bread. Even the first day ye shall put away leaven out of your houses. 
For whosoever eateth leavened bread, or leavened bread, from the first day until the seventh day, that soul shall be cut off from Israel. Stay with me. The living organisms in the leaven, they grow overnight. So that by the morning, the entire quantity of the dough has been affected. So if we look at this metaphysically and line this up with the sermon on today, it's saying it's time to do a fast of your mindsets. So we detox the physical body, but we fail to detox the mind as well. So for seven days, consume only the information, the unleavened bread, that will feed your soul in order to be set free from concerns about things that are minute. Immediately put out petty things from your house or your mind. For whosoever consumes negative information from the first day of the fast until the last day shall be cut off from Israel. Can you see it in that light? This is the process of change. You set aside a dedicated time to detox your mind and whatever source or whatever person that brings forth negative information during this time period needs and will be cut off from you. During this process of detoxing your mind, if you're getting your grind on, and someone is bringing negative information or doing negative things during this time period, it's letting you know they need to go. If there's uh, 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 certain things on your phone that are going off during this time period, it's letting you know that needs to be cut off. Life is so much more than the meat in the body, so much more than what we put on it. You cannot be concern-free until you realize that the things you feel obligated to be concerned about have no need to be concerned about by you. Especially when these things, uh, when these concerns brings about a negative feeling, which throws off your good vibes, which bring about the manifestations in your life. Do you follow? I learned this personally. Because I used to think that uh, uh, everything was riding on my shoulders to hold uh, uh, my, my uh, come up situation together. I knew I played a, 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 a vivital role, but I, I thought way too much of, of what was going on than what, what the reality of it really was. I thought I missed one day, I go away for a weekend, all hell was gonna break loose. I ended up going away for two months and in incarceration, two months. No big deal for people doing real time. But you gotta understand, I, 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 I was like, yo, I can't miss a day, I can't miss a minute, I gotta be here. This is a, a, a fragile time where we're pulling things together. We need all hands on deck. We got kids. My son was just born not too long ago. It, it was only, what, four months? Three or four months he was. And I had to go. And what I found out was the things that I was so overly concerned about and felt obligated about, 
I didn't need to be overly concerned about. Because life went on, rough or not, of course, it's, it's going to be a little different because I did play a role. But things went on. People stepped up. Things changed, you know, and it went, it went on. And you can imagine, a lot of people say it, but I don't heard it before, that it's like dying when you go to jail. Because you get to see how people react to you not being out in society anymore. Some will mourn. Some uh, will be in disbelief trying to fight the reality of it and trying to see if it's true, it can't be true. And some won't miss a beat. But you get to see who needs to be cut off and you get to see who needs to be removed. And you also get to see that you don't have to be stressing about these things that you swear if you don't do them, they won't get done. Because let you go to jail, they're going to get done. Some You may not like the way it gets done, but it gets done. Okay? So with that being the process, and with that being the reality, Circumstances change, situations change, people change. So why stress yourself out about the, the results of choices made already? It's done, it's already taken place. What can we do going forward? That's the power that we have now. Exodus 14 and 15, and the Lord said unto Moses, wherefore speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. You can be the Moses of your own life and speak over yourself to go forward. No longer will you look back through concern. It's easy for us to become obsessed with things outside of ourselves, which leaves us in the state of catering to the needs of those things, which leaves the true self starving and weak. The things outside of ourselves come with more things and expectations that draw you further away from your true self. Though too many, you know, though to many it, it sounds wrong. Let's just put it that way. If you truly had clarity on what it means, then you would know that you being selfish enough to align with well-being is the best thing you can do for anyone and anything in your life that you care about right now. Do you follow? I'm serious. I say unto you believers, take no thought of your life, of your body, saying what shall we eat? Be not concerned with worldly things. Hmm? Be not concerned with small things. Small things is need. It's, it's, come on, you know. What? You need to eat. You need shelter. You need clothes. There, there are distractions in life. I get it. I go through it. During, the, during this, these sermons, people get up. People cough. Kids talking and laughing those things happen 
But if I'm overly concerned with this, then it, it, it shuts down the whole message of what I'm doing here. It takes my focus off and everything just goes downhill from there. But unfortunately, the things that we, we shouldn't be concerned with are the very things that are the top priority in the minority community. Right now, some people are concerned with me doing the kind of podcast that I do. Now, I'm, I'm not saying, you know, I'm not saying I know anybody personally, but I'm just saying. That's, I mean, you could pretty much guess that. That's life, right? Somebody think I shouldn't be saying whatever I say. Somebody may say, feel like I don't have the authority or the, or the background to speak on what I speak on. Tough luck. Because no law is stopping me from, from airing this on platforms. Right? So I'm not overly concerned. Decisions about what is the best airline for you to take according to price or, um, you know, what are rental agencies to rent from? Uh, uh, what Airbnb or hotel bed you sleep in and uh, what food you should eat. The, their choices will fall far short of pleasing you. Other people deciding that for you, right? You're much better equipped to make those decisions for yourself, not somebody else, right? Because you know what, what airline you want to take based on price, and you know, well, you know all these things. So the same goes for your life. You're equipped to make those decisions for yourself in your life. Now, I understand that you may feel like what... Uh, whatever has gone left in your life thus far that it's too, it's too recent to do anything about it. It's just not happening the way that you want it after trying to let it go. You may even feel like it's not even meant for you to let it go. And it's out of your control. That's how you feel. Right. When that mind gets to racing, it gets out of your control and you become powerless. So you begin to feel powerless, which is a form of depression. And you begin to feel hopeless and you begin to feel like you're going for a ride. In, and in reality, you've been taken for a ride and all those feelings that come with it don't feel good at all. Feeling powerless or trapped is depression. In short. And as a result of that, most people fight back and it comes back in the result of anger, rage, an explosion of feeling trapped or powerless. Anger is your way to, to feel strong again or to try to break free. But I want you to know today when you're matched up to that energy of peace and love, when you regain the power of your source, that being the power to manifest your desires, to summon well-being, to attract abundance, to attract peace, love, like I said, where scarcity previously resided, and to access divine guidance in the form of the right people, the right place, precisely uh, correct circumstances. 
where you're chasing that entrepreneurial dream surrounded by people who can help aid you in that, that you all are a mastermind circle helping build one another up. Once you line up right, these things are available to you, but you got to get your mind off being overly concerned with things that don't need your attention. It's important to understand that feeling powerless disturbs your joy in God. You understand? Feeling powerless disturbs your joy in God. But guess what? You don't have to be that way. Guess what? You have a choice. And by listening to this today, that proves that very point. That you have a choice. What you may be able to recall is that you were just doing good when you met a certain person. Hmm? You were in a good place. When you met certain people and, and you were excited about life, you were happy, right? You were listening to positive podcasts. You were in your vibe, finally feeling like your life is your own. And that's why some people may say it's dangerous to be alone. Why? Because if you find peace in doing so, you're not going to want to deal with people anymore. Do you understand? It, 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 you got to learn the balance. I know people like that and, and luckily I've learned to trickle in between too because I, I know personally if I did so and I found success and, and peace and being by myself, you're going to find yourself by yourself, you know, predominantly. Do not be concerned with being alone, though. I don't want you to be afraid of being alone. At least sometimes. Because it's not all bad. It's quite healthy if you think about it. Sometimes people pour their negative energy on something that you were once sure about, even though it was your first time trying it. And some people can be quite convincing because... They're coming from a place of experience. So you're going to feel it in their voice when they tell you, you don't want to do that. And sometimes it's mandatory to take on a new goal alone. Some people need that. Sometimes we all need that at one time or another. So you have to be careful and have a balance at the same time because when that mind gets to racing and things like that will happen, it disturbs your joy. It's a double-edged sword. I hope it make you say if uh, when this happens, you know what? You know what? I got to do something about this before I'm driven crazy. There's no point in you stressing until your hair falls out. There's no point of you stressing until you lose weight to the point where people think you're on drugs or something. Ain't no point of you stressing until you've been had a heart attack or you get pains in your chest. 
that's not helping the situation. It's only hurting you and further worsening uh, your situation. So learn to be concerned free. Get yourself some good rest because the lack of sleep also bothers your enjoyment. I'm going to tell you now. I know all about it. I'm a, what they call a night owl. And I had troubles uh, struggling with getting a good bedtime. You know, keeping that rhythm. When I first recorded this podcast, this episode, uh, you know, the, the, when I first did the sermon, I uh, I tried to do it. And I said, hold on, man. I, I started feeling like I needed to get some sleep. And I learned to listen to my body. So when that started happening, I said, okay, I'm, I, I got to cut it off immediately. I, I was disappointed because the time frame that I have to do this sermon, you know, people come in and listen to the sermon. You like, got, if it's a certain time during the day, people got their kids, my kids, and things of that nature um, in the background and stuff. So I was disappointed. I had that, that clear window. But I had to choose self. I had to choose me. And, and I needed the rest. My body needed the rest. So I went and laid down and there was some things that, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get done before I go on vacation. And I'm like, you know, I, I'm concerned. I'm like, I got to get this and that and this got to be done. And I, I only got this much time before we got to leave. Right. So when I went and laid down, I said, you know what? I'm going to look into the God mind. I'm going to look into self for an answer. And I, as I laid there, I said, you know what? I cleared my mind, took some deep breaths as I was resting. And I said, come to me in a dream. I need the answer in a dream. Give me that answer in a dream. And sure enough, I don't dream every night like that. So sure enough, I dreamed and I got a direct answer. It says it's as simple as just following directions. I knew what that meant immediately. And I got back to it now. So all that to say, get yourself some rest. It can, it can be the answer to what you're stressing about. Just relaxing and letting go and allowing it to come to you. See, being overly concerned breaks the enjoyment of your friends. It can even uh, break the enjoyment of yourself. You can't even enjoy sleep. Knowing you got to get up for work tomorrow at a job you don't want to be at, driving a car you don't want to drive, and, and, and you cannot enjoy the things that God is giving you because you spend a great deal of your time bent out of shape. Numbers 11 and 14. Moses said, I'm not able to bear all these people alone because it's too heavy for me. And if thou deal thus with me, kill me, I pray thee, out of hand. If I have found favor in thy sight, then let me not see my wretchedness. Saying, let me not see this unfortunate condition or circumstance if I have favor in the sight of God. And the Lord said unto Moses, gather unto me 70 men of the elders of Israel, whom thou knowest to be the elders of the people. And officers over them and bring them unto the tabernacle of the congregation that they may stand there 
with D. Do you follow? It's not for you to deal with on your own all the time. It's not for you to deal with at all. Sometimes. It's not for you to worry about your problems consciously all the time. Your conscious thinking is only 5% of change in your life. And you probably get the direct 1% of that during the day if you're even doing that. The rest of that is chunked up to over 60,000 thoughts that flow through your mind throughout the day, every day. 95% of it comes from unconscious thinking. 95% of the change that takes place in your life comes from the unconscious thinking, which has been uh, applied when it was the easiest to get to that part of your mind, which was when your mind was a little softer, a little more flexible, a little chewy. As an as a adolescent, as a child, right? But now we can, we can still reach that 95%, but we're going to have to use affirmations during the day. We're going to have to use affirmations recorded through the night to get to that unconscious thinking. So it'll become a habit. We may not always have to constantly think about it, but when that thing gets on autopilot where it's just a reflex, that, that works in a way that helps benefit you in the life you want to live, now you're going. That's the God mind. We learn to stop trying to deal with our problems at the level that they were created in in the first place. Stop worrying about things out of your control that you shouldn't even have no concern with. Because it places a dampener on who you truly are. And that low frequency causes you to lose the vibe of happiness. When you have this distrustful, unbelieving part of you going on inside, it's because the things you worry about are leaving behind these emotions. All things we need are always provided. We need water. We need air to live. And we didn't have to apply for it in any program of the government. Huh? We didn't have to build it ourselves. It was available to us already. It was already provided by God. So why are we stressing about something that was before us and will be after? How do we get whatever we want in life? You say, well, I, I get all this. Well, let's say you have a point. How do I get whatever I want in life? That's what I'm concerned with. Well, do we have to go to the government? Apply for uh, uh, welfare? Do we have to beg the government for uh, uh, a pardon? Or do, do we have to beg the government for some kind of grant or stimulus? Do we have to go to the kings of the world and plead our case? Do we have to go to the world leaders and say, look what's going on in our communities. Help us. Do we have to go to the banks and say, I know I'm indigenous, but come on, man, it's a pandemic. Give me a chance. No. 
I hope you're glad to hear that. No. Why? Because what we want, we can get. But it's for us to get what we desire. No man can dictate that because your emotions provide a wonderful guidance system for you. And if you'll pay attention to, the, to your emotions, you'll be able to guide yourself to anything that you desire. Trust and believe it. Nobody can dictate that but you. But, what, but we're not talking about what wants are today. We're talking about stressing over needs. Things that are necessary to sustain life is what we're talking about. Stressing about food and shelter. Clothes and things of that nature. Small, these are small things because they're needs. They're no-brainers. Nobody got to sit around and bust their brain all day thinking about, okay, I need, I know, I think I need food. I, I think I need uh, air. I think I need some water. We're not talking about luxuries, but necessities. Not wants, but needs. What we want is left up to us, but needs are covered automatically. So we learn to do all that we can to accomplish our wants and let the needs be covered by our source. We can be set free from the concerns over things in which we do not control when, we when that's our formula. Do what you can about what you want, and let God take over what you need. That sounds like a winning formula to me. You understand? Much like when you go to your job, you don't have to worry about paying the lights at your job. Typically. You know what kind of job you got where you, you do, but typically, paying the lights is not your concern. Right? You don't worry about any of the bills at your job place. You just come to work and you do your job. That's, part, you know, that's your part in how this thing works. So automatically, you know when you have this job, you're not, gonna, you're not going there to be concerned with the property tax. You're not going there uh, concerned with what the bills are going to be every month for this, this uh, facility. Why? It's not in your job description. Deuteronomy 1426 says that and thou shalt bestow, meaning be granted, that money for whatsoever thy soul lusteth, meaning eager to possess, after. For oxen, for sheep, for wine, for strong drink, for whatsoever thy soul desireth. And thou shalt eat there before the Lord thy God, and thou shalt rejoice, thou and thine household. Stay with me. The source in which we come from takes joy in us getting what we desire at no harm to others for it. But what we want has to be claimed. What we need is without question. Follow the difference. You may not have all that you want right now, but you definitely get what you need. Because you know that the facility at your, at, your, at your working place was there before you 
and it likely will be after you. You were not hired to be concerned with what the bills should or shouldn't be because that's not in your job description to be concerned with that. You are not hired to handle who gets hired or who gets fired. That's not in your job description when you were hired unless you're a manager or a supervisor, etc. In HR, somewhere, something like that. But, but as the employee out on the floor just doing what you're told to do and that's it, you know that's not your position and you probably be glad it's not. And you're not the supervisor, you're not the manager, that's not your position. See, when you start getting out of pocket, out of your position, trying to play everybody else's role, that's when things get stressful. As hard as it is, and believe me, I know, you must convince yourself that no matter what happens in your life, everything will work out the way you need it to. And some, on top of that, then let it go. Let it go. Once you are able to convince yourself that you really believe that, then so will God's universe and everyone and thing in it as well. But it starts with you. I sure things will go well without you having to stress about it when you believe that it will. See, all you're doing is coming in, doing what job that has been assigned to you. When you start to feel overwhelmed, that means that you're not in your office. You're minding somebody else's business. So the minute that you begin to get stressed out or concerned with things that are taking place there, it's because you're operating outside of your office, outside of your position, minding someone else's business. But the word never says, everyone shall feast. We know what a feast is. It's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the table being sprayed. All you can eat. Everyone not going to have that. They shall be fed at the very least because you need to eat. You don't need to have a feast in order to do that. There's a difference. The feast part is up to you. That's the one. Let's look at the story of the talisman. The talisman. Or the talismans. Excuse me. Some may know the story of the master and you know the talismans and the servants, but I'm gonna put it in a modern day uh, uh, explanation, or I'm gonna tell it in a modern day formation. It's a little uh, story in the ancient book where each of the three servants were given a handout to get them started. But I'm gonna say these were, uh, matter of fact, a, a good example would be the story of the pale faces or the Europeans that came over here on uh, the Turtle Island. They came over, okay? So let's put it in that way. So say some were here already. Some of the Europeans came over to Turtle Island, which they call America today. And they struck up some kind of agreement between our natives, our people, and it was agreed upon. So then they manipulated them, devoured a lot of them, took over the government and structure, which they had chief officers and things of that nature, took over that, and then started going out and sending for more to come over. Come on, guys, we got it. 
Okay? So see it as the government, or I don't want to put it as that, but whoever was responsible for that time, okay, says, come over, guys. We got it. That could be the master in the story. And the servants can be those Europeans who were innocent bystanders thinking, oh, wait, a great opportunity. They told us, come over. When they come over, as the master did for the three servants, he gave all of them, each of them, amounts of money to get started. They, they, start, they didn't have anything. But he gave them. They didn't work for it. It was handed over to them. Even though the amount of money of each servant was given was different, the amount that was given to each uh, traveler that came over here was different. You better believe each and every one of them was given something which was needed because they had nothing. What they did with it after is what they needed, uh, 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 after getting what they needed, was all left up to their philosophy. The only servant that disappointed his master was the one worrying about what was not in his control to worry about. The one that famously decided to hide his money so when the government come back to collect, he can say, hey, remember that grant you gave me? <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sorry. You remember that loan you gave me to get off to a good start and get this economy pumping in this new system? I still got every dollar you gave me. That's a disappointment to an investor. That's a disappointment. Because you give the money with the hopes that it, it, it flourishes and you receive profit. You get your money back plus a gain. That's how you eat. So to hear somebody that you've given money to invest in a venture sat on it and just gave it directly back, it's a waste. He was concerned with not losing what the master had given him and, and, and what he would say if, if he lost it, the shame he might feel, the embarrassment. So he hid it in a safe place, in a savings account, made no use of his money. What, do I, what am I saying? Almost everyone has the basic starting tools. I know many may be looking for stimulus checks and grants and uh, these jump starts, but the basic tools are already available to you. That's the guarantee. Most people have the use of their mind and decent health. Maybe not perfect, but decent. The problem comes when you start minding other people's business. Why he got $10,000. How she got five. All I got is one thought. What I'm going to do with that? But see, all you need is one. What you do with that is up to you. I heard somebody say great things are not done by impulse, but by a series of small things brought together. I grew up with limited resources within reach. Which brought me to the crossroad of giving up on what I want or improvising. So I improvised. Other people making music at the time had a studio. No, they had money to go to one or at least they burned everything they had to go to one. 
I had neither. Many ambitions began to move people around me. My ambitions began to move people around me. That wasn't my intention, but I was just so passionate it spilled over on people that got to know me. And people would give me a microphone here as a gift or just say, here you go, man, I see what you're doing. Uh, uh, they would give me a beat-making program. Shout out to Armando back when we was in uh, uh, 10th grade, 15 years old, got introduced to Fruity Loops. I found free ways to get recording programs little by little. I began getting songs pumped out before you know what I had a little small operation from nothing. I made beats on a typing keyboard as though it was a Korg MIDI controller board. Because better equipment wouldn't make me better. More equipment wouldn't make me better. But what I did with what I had really put the hunger and it put the drive behind my skills and talent today to achieve my dreams, to be where I am with the skill and the talent of it. So don't worry about, uh, you know, don't worry yourself about what somebody else has, has compared to you because somebody could start out with 10 and end up with one or end up with nothing. It doesn't matter what you start with. It's what you do with it. One thing is for sure, you're going to have to have something to work with. Because when we started this grind, when me and my wife started this grind together, I, was, I remember talking to her from a shelter bed. I'm not ashamed of it because it's there for a reason. You use it for what it's for, you don't have to be there all the time. I have people who witness Starting in the shelter, sleeping in the car, having nowhere to go, stand on people, uh, sleeping on people's floor, uh, uh, or behind people's couches, or wherever we could lay for a moment. Hotels, it just kept getting better and better and better till we finally had our own place fully loaded where kids can have their rooms and things of that nature. Certain people have been mentally oppressed for 400 years. How was the people in disbelief so long that they were free? It was in their mind. We get told these fairytale stories about all these chains and whips. Don't, don't, don't believe the hype. There was nothing these invaders could have done to the people of Turtle Island physically that would have kept them from fighting back except pursuing them through their mind. Manipulating them into thinking that the best chance to keep up with the new world that was coming was to come to a treaty. To help the intruders build this new world and then take their part in it. We obviously were lied to. Notice today that they have nothing, and I mean nothing, that you cannot have too. What you stressing about? What are you overly concerned about? Deuteronomy 32 and 18 says of the rock that begat thee, thou art unmindful and hast forgotten God that formed thee. Stay with me. The only reason you worry or stress about things that are out of your control is because you have done all that you can or that you know how to do according to your human capabilities. 
and you're trying to reach outside of your office and handle things that aren't meant for you to handle. If you've been going through this, it's because you need to be reminded that the source of our God, the Most High, takes care of our needs. You forget what you're made of. You're made of the Most High. And that's nothing that you can't do if you will just remember that which you came from is beyond this all. <laughs> Consider, for example, uh, uh, it's a terrible situation that happened, but the girl's alive, luckily. But a little girl had on a humongous book bag. It was on camera. Some of y'all might have seen it. And the bus driver was, you know, distracted as she was dropping the girl off, talking to the kids in the back, being bad, and the boy standing in the aisle talking. He should have been sitting down. So a lot going on. She used to her job. She knew how to open the door. Little girl walk out. Boom, close the door. But the little girl book bag got caught in the door when she closed it. And the little girl was hanging on by her book bag. And the, the bus driver began to drive. And you can see on the camera, she just dragging the little girl. Dragged her for a couple blocks. Why did I say that? Because we are much like the little girl when it comes to this world. We forget which we came from. We, we, we don't understand who we truly are. So we holding on to the book bag like it's a part of us. It serves a purpose. It holds our books. It holds our uh, material for school. But if we get in, if it comes down to choosing, we got to choose us and let that book bag go. She could have took her arms out of that book bag. But you, you get to the point where you start to think the book bag is you. So the book bag caught in the door, you caught in the door. That's how we live our lives. You get so concerned with things outside of yourself, the flesh and things of that nature, you begin to think that this is you. But consider the wisdom of the, the goodness of the divine providence. And then there's evil. As far as we're concerned, it just comes with life. It's like being concerned with breathing every day. When you sleep, you're not concerned with your heartbeat. It does it whether you think about it or not. So why are you stressing it? It's not for you to worry about. We usually start our journey of being overly concerned as a child. When you were a child, perhaps more than one of your cousins suddenly died of health complications. And in the years that followed their death, you often heard your mother or your family at, at a cookout or gatherings expressing their concern about the high probability of the same thing happening to them or other family members that were going down the same road and their children and you. But somebody said, life isn't as serious as my mind makes it out to be. And that's what I found out. If we allow ourselves to exist merely to avoid not existing, then we never live. But I have a song that I truly find as the anthem of my life. I want to say that I live. I want my life to say that I lived. I don't mean go and be neglectful. Like life is, you know, saying, oh, well, life ain't serious. Just go be neglectful. 
But instead of focusing on things like family health problems and who's next in line for the kill, focus on what you can do, like eating healthier. Put the fried chicken down. Okay? Pick up a mango. Put the remote control down. Get on a treadmill. Better yet, go for a walk in nature where you get fresh air as you walk. Luke 16. And he said also unto his disciples. This is the story about the rich man. There was a certain rich man which had a steward. And the same was accused unto him that he had wasted his goods. And he called him and said unto him, How is it that I hear this of thee? Give an account of thy stewardship, for thou mayest be no longer steward. Then the steward said within himself, What shall I do? For my Lord taketh away from me the stewardship. I cannot dig. I'm, I'm not good at that physical work. To beg, I'm ashamed. I'm too embarrassed to get out there and hold up a sign saying, help, please, I lost my job. I, I, my status that I've created in society, I'd be too embarrassed. I'm ashamed. I have resolved what to do. When I am put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. So he called every one of his Lord's debitors unto him and he said unto the first how much owest thou unto my lord and he said a hundred measures of oil and he said unto him take thy bill sit down quickly and write fifty then he said unto the other how much owest thou and he said a hundred measures of wheat and he said unto him take thy bill and write for a score and the lord commended the unjust steward why because he had done wisely. For the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. And I say unto you, make to yourself friends of the mammon of unrighteousness that when ye fail, they may receive you into everlasting habitations. So what does that story mean to my point? When Jesus spoke of the steward, meaning the butler, his job was to manage the domestic concerns, supervise the other workers, collect the rent or the income. He is to keep accounts or bookkeep, so to speak, whatever was needed. This butler was accused of mishandling the commodities of his boss, the rich man. So the boss man called them into the office and said, how is it that I'm hearing you mismanaging my investments? Where's my money? Show me the books so I know where my money went. As a matter of fact, if you don't account for my money, you fire. So the butler said within his heart, what shall I do? Notice he said this within himself. He didn't say it to his boss, what shall I do boss, I don't know. He said it to within himself where you get the answers within. He said, what shall I do? We begin to get overly concerned because it's the adult thing to do, right? Or at least that's the explanation. When you get called in that office, your heart get to pounding. Oh my. Everybody on the job, oh, 
we know what that means. My boss just took away my job. Or, or, or threatened to fire me if I'm late one more time. How will I pay my bills if I get fired? How will I feed my kids if they rely on me? I'm all we got. What will my life be reduced to? I've been doing so good this far. Then he started weighing his options because he looked for the answer within and then options started flowing to him. He said, I'm no good at physical work. I'm not built that way. I'll be honest with myself. We got to be honest with ourselves and the, and, and the circumstances that we're going through right now. Honestly, I'm not good at the physical work, he says. I'm too ashamed to beg. I'll just be honest with you. I'm too ashamed to beg out on the streets. As much as I wish I had the guts to do it, I, I, I'm too ashamed. And he looked within himself and said, Lord, what shall I do? He begins to analyze what he can do based on the people he met along the way of being a butler for his boss. He said, maybe some of these people will take me into their homes until I get on my feet again. He said, I don't think so. They're going to want something for it that I can't give them if I don't have a job no more. See, they didn't know his job was on the line, so to them it was business as usual. So he began to call the people he knew that were still in debt with this rich man and ask them how much they owed. Whatever they owed the boss, he gave them 50% off their debt. And if they, would, if they would just pay it on the spot. Once the boss started to see on the books that the debts owed to him for a long time started to get paid off, he was impressed. Because I'm pretty sure he counted that as a loss. How long they owed him. So after, this, after the boss not only let him, after this, the boss not only let him keep his job. But he presented him as a favorable way to do the job. What the rest of the workers should aspire to be like. Jesus went on to say that these days people who do wrong on purpose, the world, and, and, and they're not sorry for it, are wiser than those who do right and are remorseful for when they do wrong. Why are they wiser than these saints? Jesus goes on to say that something that, that, that will never be repeated in the church in this context. He says, make friends with those who are rich. Make friends with mammon. Those who are rich. And may enjoy doing whatever to get rich. So that when, when, it didn't say if, but when you fail. When you hit rock bottom, when you need to get on your feet, you ain't got to worry about the complaining of somebody who just really want to help, but they just, they, they don't have it. You ain't got to worry about somebody ready to put you out five seconds after they just let you in. But you can get on your feet and they'll take you in without struggle for however long you need. Somebody... Follow me. It says it right there. I told that story to say this. We must cast our cares upon God. And take no extra thought about what, what has already happened. What we could have done better. As if today isn't a new day. 
God knows how to get what we need and want and conveniently God has placed the answer right within us already. When we know not how to get things done and where the money for the bills will come from, we have a gracious carelessness. We can tap into the God mind, which leaves us in a state of, uh, it's like, we, like we're smoking weed, carefree, concern-free. I'm not advocating any of it, but I'm just giving you an illustration. It's the same with that sleep, which God gives to his believers, which is a rest free of concern. In opposition to those who think that everything has to be handled by the way they physically can get it done. Those who rely solely on what they know consciously are limited to what can be done. And it, it, it usually is the same result or a little better than before or worse which leaves them restless in a hell loop, paranoid, losing hair, losing weight. Needless to say, it's torturous. But I understand the basis, the basis in this story. Don't trip about what's going on because you may not be able to figure it out on your own. You have help in your God mind if you'll go within yourself and say, what shall I do? Just learn how to sit back and begin to take the concerns to the source and allow the answers to come to you. You got to learn to meditate, lay down some time, sit down some time and close your eyes. And you don't got to be asleep all the time when the eyes close. Just breathe in the trouble that's on your mind. Think it up. Let it go as you exhale. I assure you things will be better than they ever were before. All you need is five minutes. I mean, you want to grow into more, but five, I'm telling you, five will change your life. I think people are generally too complacent with just getting by. So they settle for what little pitiful solution that barely got the job done last time, and they consider it a blessing that even though it barely got done, it got done. And they completely watch everything fall apart around them and say, ah, here we go again. The devil's messing. I know what that feels like. My very first time moving out on my own. Great job. What I thought was a great relationship for that time being. Great situation. Everything flowing. Paying for bills with ease. It was looking up. It felt good. Apartment was emptied in the, but it was still mine. I've gradually, you know, got got a couch and a bed, and but I was just glad to have something of my own, right? But then, all of a sudden. And that's what it felt like because I didn't understand how these things take place. But all of a sudden, relationship went down the hole. What followed? Job went down the hole. Everything started sinking along with it. And I just watched everything fall apart around me. Helplessly, it was sad. And then say, oh, here we go again. 
doggone life. Karma. Everything will work in harmony. This is the way it works. In harmony. The sowing and the reaping for our betterment. It's for the increasing of us so we don't have to be concerned. If you know you've done something good or you've done good by someone, no matter what happens, it has to return. So instead of stressing, check yourself to make sure that's the case. But as long as you definitely have done good by somebody and you're honest with people and you're a good friend to them and you, you know that you have been and they ghosted, it might hurt your feelings because they mad about some petty thing and they really going to cut off all these years of friendship or being close as family because they feel some type of way that you didn't tell them that you had a little money or you, you didn't give them a couple of dollars when you usually do. Now you the big bad wolf. And you thought things were going well and you were looking forward to them, you know, going even better. But this is the way that we can learn to be concern free, to not be delusional. And the fact that it did hurt your feelings, we can embrace that. Yes, this did hurt. I thought we were cool. I thought things were going well. We can acknowledge that. But we do not stay there. Do you hear me? This happened to me more than once. When I thought it was a good thing, I thought things were going well. As I just explained in that, in, in that situation, things going well, it's a good thing. Then it was over, just like that. With little or no explanation at all. See, we as people tend to get overly concerned when we don't have closure. We feel like that chapter was left incomplete, so we run back to the situation, looking to close it out. But never leave closure up to anything or anyone outside of yourself because you will always be a slave to the things outside of your control when you think like this. I heard somebody say, sometimes evil appears to have the upper hand, and at other times good is at the control. But it is mind power that has built empires. We have seen how it can be used to destroy empires as well. History has recorded the facts. You can simply choose to think negative majority of the time and live with the results. Or you can choose to think positive majority of the time and relax and live with the results. The power is in the mind. <laughs> Simply just the way you look at things. The difference between you and a self-made billionaire is simply perception. Somebody paused it. Somebody, I, I lost somebody. But if you're still there, stay with me. See, the fact that you even, you know what I'm saying? The fact that that line even had you thinking about cutting this off. Or some who did. It says everything. It proves me right. 
It's simply perception. It's the way you see it. You see obstacles in your situation. In that same situation, a billionaire sees opportunities. That's all. Good night. End of everything. Close the book. That's the difference between you and a billionaire. Perception. In the stressed out mindset, you always think that you need the closure of seeing things through in order to understand whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. But when you understand through the concern-free way of life, you know that all things happen for the good of those who love God. You know your situation that you're going through right now is for your betterment. You know you've been doing good. You know you've been in a good place. You know you don't deserve any bad thing coming to you. More often, we need to sit in a quiet room. Some of, some of us have kids, as you may hear in the back. Some of y'all have kids. Some people have a, a, a distracting life where they, it's like having kids because they got so many people they take care of or so many people that they do things for. I'm not saying it's bad. All I'm saying is we need to learn how to sit down sometimes and aid ourselves. If it's just five minutes, wear some comfortable clothing, focus on your breathing. Let it be about you for five minutes. And as our mind wanders, and it will as you do this meditation, breathe in that wondering and then breathe it out. Release the thought and focus back upon your breathing. Because in the same sense, we need to learn to accept what is taking place in our life that we don't like. Learn to accept that it doesn't feel good to us and then let it go. Don't go running around trying to figure it out. The butler stayed still and analyzed amongst himself. Within himself, he said, what shall I do, Lord? He went within for an answer. He didn't go to the boss for an answer as an advice. He didn't go to the people that owed the boss for an answer. He was speaking with himself about the situation. How it made him feel. He analyzed how it made him feel. He analyzed what was the worst that could happen if he was to be fired. And then what he did. He let it go. And the answer came to him. To what he needed to do after this. Okay, maybe sometimes you're getting back all things that you had done. And it just came up and it kicked you, it kicked you back to where you are today. Karma came around slow and it caught up with you finally. So it didn't work out. Don't force it. Things are getting better for you. Do not start making rash decisions because you believe or feel things are going bad for you. This is the very same impulse before that got you in those situations. Everything seemed to be so well, like it was such a good thing. Do you follow? But we have all seen successful corporations start to go down over the years due to mismanagement, due to the pandemic or whatever. 
and then they turn around and do a, a complete 180 and bring in more business during the pandemic than before. I've listened to gentlemen talking about making the most money they've ever made during the pandemic. While many others in the same pandemic have lost more than they've ever lost. Maybe everything. Perspective. So you can go back right now to all your ex-lovers or you can go back right now to that job that you had ended up being laid off from due to hard times and see and say, well, this is how it is. People make mistakes. I'd much rather go back to an ex and work it out than to deal with a whole new person, a whole new monster that I have no idea about. I'd rather go back to a job that I'm familiar with I know where everything is. They know me. I got my weekends. We work until we retire. Meaning we work until they say, all right, that's enough. We work until we're forced not to do so anymore. Whether that's being fired, whether that's being laid off, or whether that is retiring. But this job is as good as it has gotten for me. It's something you might say, this relationship with my ex, now that I see how things are now with other people, my, it probably was as good as it was going to get with my ex. Now that I see how the world is with these other jobs, the job that I was at is probably as good as it's going to get for me. So I'll go with whatever comes with it. And the same for that relationship. But Genesis 9 and 23 says, And Shem and Japheth took a garment, and they laid it upon their shoulders, and they went backward and covered the nakedness of their father. And their, father faces, and their faces were backward, and they saw not their father's nakedness. So their father had been um, manipulated into getting drunk out of his mind and did not know he had been Manipulated. He did not know what was going on. In some cases, going back is a blessing or necessary to move forward. When you're in a tight parking lot and you back out, you think you got it, but it's tighter than you first thought. So you have to go back forward and then you got to back up again. But because you went back a little further, when you went forward, you were able to turn and go back a little further. It allowed you to go forward all the way. What am I saying? Most of us have people we love, like Shem and Japheth, their father. You have somebody in your life that you love and care about, whether it's your mother or father or sister or brother, whatever. Whether it's your nieces or your nephews or whoever. And to no fault of their own, by deliberate design, they may end up in a situation where they need your help and don't even know it. But you see it. They might not have been in a position to ask for it because they didn't know they needed help. But you saw what was needed and you went back for them. You could have kept going, but you went back. 
I get it. And that can definitely be a blessing because, again, we know how the law of sowing and reaping works. We usually would have an out dealing with social media these days, dealing with our Facebook friends and family, etc. They'll say, ooh, good for you, sweetheart. I'm glad you're happy in that relationship that you've been in before and uh, you guys haven't been together for quite some time and now you're back with them and it was a disaster before. But I'm happy for you, heart emoji. <laughs> oh, you're back at that job that laid you off when you called me crying or got on Facebook with the crying emoji saying you don't know how you're going to take care of your family because the job you gave your all to just let you go. Oh, but I'm happy for you. You're back. That's all that matters is you're happy. So we feel approval. Social proof. We can avoid stress if we begin to ask questions like, how did I end up with this job in the first place? A job that would let me go. Because when they need to do cutbacks, I've been here too long, I make the most. Provided me Providing that me on my end getting laid off or fired wasn't even a, to the fault of my own in regards to doing what was required of me of the job in the first place. Understand that this job appeared to be a good thing when you first applied. It appeared to be great, like this is going well. That relationship with your ex, yeah. There was a point where it was, you was like, yo, this is great. This is it. That relationship appeared to be going well. We click well. Everything isn't what it appears to be at first sight. We should know that by now. Babies come to this world bouncing joyously into this matrix reality. Eager for the opportunity to continually make new decisions and to align with the energy of God. Much don't bother them. They want to eat and play. Do not worry about anyone. Learn to be like babies, concern-free, because prosperity is the order of this universe. No matter how your current viewpoint may appear, prosperity is the order of God's universe. Maybe you're in a relationship. Maybe you're in a marriage, and you realize that you're not there like you used to be. How was it possible to have such an amazing relationship before that led to marriage or, you know, a friendship that led to an amazing relationship. How was it possible to have such amazing conversations? I mean, you could talk for hours. You could talk about anything. You could enjoy each other's incredible company. You say to yourself, man, this is definitely good. It turned out to be a horrible experience. How? Jeremiah 5 and 30. A wonderful and horrible thing is committed in the land. The prophets prophesy falsely and the, the priests bear rule by their means and my people love to have it. So, what will ye do in the end thereof? Sometimes a wonderful and horrible experience can exist in the same relationship. A wonderful and horrible experience can exist in the same friendship, 
wonderful and horrible can exist in the job place or the neighborhood. Indeed, most people love it. So it's the best, worst job I ever had. The best, worst relationship I ever been in. The best, worst neighborhood. The best, worst friendship. I guess that's life. But if you're not one of those people, then you have to make a choice today. Some people or situations are built to be stressful and nothing more. If you ever pay attention to people you moved on from and you, you know, not saying you should be minding their business, but say it come back up around and you happen to see them in a the store or something, arguing or going back and forth, you say, boy, woo, praise the most high. I got out of there, boy. And I get to step out and see what I was dealing with. Oh, my goodness. See, Jeremiah 6 and 6. For thus have the Lord of hosts said, Hewn ye down trees and cast them out against Jerusalem. This is the city to be visited. She is wily oppression in the midst of her. As a fountain casts out waters, so she casts out her wickedness. Violence and spoil is in her. Is heard in her. Before me continually is grief and wounds. Be thou instructed, O Jerusalem, lest my soul depart from thee, lest I make thee desolate, a land not inhabited. Here's a way to look at this from a metaphysical standpoint and spiritual standpoint. If you're going through something right now in your life, whether it's a dead-end relationship, dead-end marriage, financial struggle, dead-end job, whatever, in dentistry, amount is a uh, is the reproduction of the form of the tissues by using some sort of mold that you can bite into so that it sculpts the jawline of your mouth and it can restructure the tissues. It's time to rebuild your mind. Your mind is the key to everything in your life experience. We struggle with the constant thoughts and feelings of oppression throughout our lives and communities. We've been repeatedly told that we come from enslaved people. And then the only thing we're taught in these so-called institutions of hope called school is how to be a professional slave on the job. Our mind is constantly being programmed to sing while in slavery. Jerusalem represents our physical body in this passage. With it, some of us have committed acts of wickedness. With our bodies, some of us have committed violence and our true character has been ruined. With that being the case, we've indulged in acts that create a figure eight of grief to one another to ourselves, which leaves wounds within us.
The treatment we look for, which isn't a bad idea, is going to religion. But the problem there is the same ones that oppress you are waiting for you right at the church through the misinformation handed down to the preacher for generations. So the best example I found of this is the story of how a certain group of men needed to find clean drink of water on a land in which they were unfamiliar with. So they came up with the idea to catch a monkey and put him in a cage. Once in the cage, they kept feeding him salt. The salt is what we have been fed and some of our ancestors were fed for years. So eventually the monkey will get nice and thirsty. And when they let him out, he would lead them right to the drinking water. In this passage, it was saying, take note of what is being said to you. Take note of what has been done to you and what is currently being done to you. Or eventually you will die due to this one way or another. You got to be able to identify by being able to step back and say, you know what? I understand that this person cut me off cold like this. And it's probably for the betterment. Because who I am today, there's no reason that I'll be treated this way. So I'm not going to try to make sense of it. As far as what I did, uh, uh, what did I do today? Why they're so cold cut with me? Hmm? Why they find it so beneficial to continuously threaten me or, 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 or uh, hit me with uh, ultimatums? And understanding that this is probably a little bit of the sowing and reaping from years ago, catching up, but it couldn't hold on to who I am today. Therefore, what needed to be done would be done. With, with that being the case, what needed to be done will be, will, will be done with. So my betterment can take place. Therefore, it is vital that you know exactly what you want out of life. You must know where you are headed and keep a fixed goal in view because life will come for you, which will make you feel like you need to stress about it. You're going to overthink it. You say, well, 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 what am I supposed to do every time I try to do something that nobody uh, seemed to understand the benefit of in the moment? They put pressure on me, which comes back to me. It's like I'm fighting you to do good for us because you don't see the vision. I see, too, I see too far ahead, so I get, I get backlash from people. But you got to stay fixed on the goal in view. That, of course, is the overall picture. It makes no difference whether you want a job. It makes no difference whether you want a better one. It makes no difference if you want a new house or a place in the country or just a new pair of shoes. You got to stay fixated on the goal in mind, instead of stressing about what you don't have, look at what you want. We have to learn to take no thought of life. Almost in that sense of, it is what it is. 
Somebody want to leave, it is what it is. Somebody want to come in and be beneficial, it is what it is. Take no thought for your life being overly concerned with things that God knows you have need of to live. I know some people are alone and probably may not want to be and some are okay with it. But see, you only need to be with somebody, not the only, but the main reason of connecting with another person that is of the opposite is to procreate, to extend the life form. Mainly. All those other things we can find in a, a neighbor, we can find in uh, uh, ourselves. See, it's no wonder your life is the way that it is today. You have to learn that life is our greatest focus for this world. We know that there's multiple universes, multiple worlds, but life is the greatest focus for this world. All that a man has, he will give for his life. God could shorten your life as it pleases. But time is in the power of source energy and it's in a good hand. Do you understand? It's in good hand. You don't have the power to add not one cubit unto your stature alone or to your lifespan. That's something that is out of your office. For why would you be concerned with it? Why would you let that bother you? I tell you what, it's, it's, it, it was tough for me because I thought, man, this is such a nice person. It feels good to be able to talk about the new things that I've learned, uh, uh, the new way that I see things and have somebody I could just really lean on to talk about it. We can lean on each other, we can grow. I mean, it was just refreshing. And then have them just Cut off, just gone. It leave you thinking like, what was it? What did I say something? Whether you did or not, the reality is people come and go. Circumstances come and go. But if you learn to be concerned free, anything that you want will always be available to you. See, I know it's all, I know it's all my responsibility to figure it out. And not to continue this stress and being overly concerned with things out of my control. But we got to hit it where it came from so that we can take our lives back and say, I will, no longer, I will no longer live like this now. Now that I know better, I will no longer allow myself to stress and fight over things that I have need of. Understand. I'm not going to do that. I'm no longer to do that because the evil powers of the world got you living like this. We're not giving power over to the government. We're not giving power over to the elite. 
We're not giving power over to our kids. We're not giving power over to your uh, your your evil uh, uh, mother-in-law. You've got to fight through it. Trust me, as I tell you this, I fight through it. It's not a joke. If I've done good thus far, making it look that way is difficult. But I fight through it because I refuse to live the way that I was living. Scared to die so you live your whole life in fear. Scared to fail so you live your whole life in fear. So much to the point where it's like it it, it paralyzes you. You don't want to take no risk. But the same ones that that, uh, um, are where you desire to be. They take the risk. You don't want to take no financial risk. You don't take no relationship risk. You don't take no health risk. You don't take any. So the thoughts that you choose to give your attention to uh, give you a substantial range in alignment or misalignment with the non-physical energy that is truly who you are. So if life seems to be overly stressful, you arguing, you fighting with people, you fighting with the bill collectors, it's weighing you down today. You tired. You tired of putting up this fight. You tired of trying to do something good and people fighting you back when they're going to benefit from. It's time to get aligned back up with your true self, which is the spirit body. Just like a chiropractor does uh, lines up the spine and lines up your physical body. You got to line up that spiritual body. I got to get my alignment today. See, the way to do that is to focus your thinking on thoughts that you may feel good about. Because a concern-free life consists of feeling good majority of the time. We have our downtime. We have our bad times. That don't mean we got to overindulge in thinking about it or stressing it. Everybody goes through rough patches. Nobody's perfect. But those rough patches are needed, but only where they're beneficial. Then we let it go. You don't have to listen to me. You may not like me. You may think you know me. You may say, well, I don't have any credentials that, you know, you might say, well, where's his doctorate in psychology? And I get it. I get it. And if you, and chances are, if you don't like me, you ain't made it this far in, within the podcast. Because you're just that nosy. Or you know I'm saying something real. We need assurance. Of course we do. I need assurance. People who I listen to, mentors I take up, people I, I, I need assurance. We all need assurance. But let's not, let's not get stuck in one way of getting that. That's the problem with people. When you're too close, you can't see. Your brother may be the most amazing speaker that ever existed on this world that could start a movement to change the world for generations. But you don't see that. 
typically because you're too close. He's just your baby brother to you. So you don't give him that respect. You're like, to y'all, he a world changing icon to me. That's just my little brother, man. I, don't, I can't see it. See, the sure way is to put it to the test. Your way is to put it to the test. Look at your life today. Ain't got nothing to do with me. How much of it would you take back or change? Hmm? This was a result of your thinking in the past. It ain't got nothing to do with quail. Ain't got nothing to do with your mama, nobody else. Your life results that you're looking at right now is a result of your thinking in the past, whether that was yesterday, five years ago, or an hour ago. Now look at what it did. When, you, when you're overindulged in things that you didn't have to be concerned with at all, look what it did to your life. When you're concerned, when you're worried, these things do not lead to anything good. Okay? So when you realize that there can be no action or reaction neither good or bad, without the generating force of thought initiating it, then the biblical saying stands when it says, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And Shakespeare's words, there is nothing either good or bad, but thinking makes it so. It becomes more intelligible when we understand it. See, maybe you've been working countless hours as a trucker or maybe you say, I live my life with my job. You know, it's not my dream job, but it's it's all I've known for 25 years. or It's all I've known for the past five or six years. It, it pays the bills. Isn't that what adults do? We take care of things even when we don't want to. But when things get rough, it's that it, it, it's that much harder. Because you'd rather not be doing it. You'd rather not be a trucker. You'd rather not be out here waking up at 5 in the morning, going to play with some bad kids or, or what have you. Whatever it is that you don't want to do as a job that pay bills. So it's that much harder when things start to get rough. So your mind gets twisted up. You start getting stressed out. Because you'd rather not. You tell yourself, this is what comes with the territory. Being stressed, that's a part of being an adult. Stress. But hey, you like, you like the result when that check come in. You like when the bills pay. You like when you can drive the car you want. You, you, you like to be able to, you like your independence. So you say, this come with the territory. This is what you signed up for, right? Maybe so. I'm not debating it. But what I am saying is, when we are looking for answers, we must get out of overthinking until we are stressed out and lay back on the God mind within us. See, when I, when I 
if you ever hear me fussing with somebody, I'm not fussing with them. I'm fussing with a reflection of who I used to be. And that old man trying to use people to drag me back into what I know. See, I'm making the situation what it is. It's, it, the old man is making it that. That's why you don't give them no ammunition. When we're looking for answers, we must get out of overthinking. The subconscious of the God mind, as I like to call it, comes to the aid of those in the habit of making quick decisions almost instantaneously. And it comes into operation when you've cleared your conscious mind of its multitude of conflicting thoughts. So you're trying to figure it out based on what, what and who you know right now. But, but even if things are the way that they are right now and they're not going well, indeed you need an answer, a solution. But busting your brain based on what you know so far won't cut it. You might say, things are all right now. I thought it was going well. I, I, I really did. You know things were looking up. But guess what? You were not consciously aware of the laws of the universe and the three-step process of creation. That fresh, exhilarating feeling was short-lived for you. You couldn't hold on to it. You had a spurt where you made some good money that you'd never seen before. You had a spurt where you met somebody really incredible that you even questioned yourself as to, how did I come across somebody like this? This is far from what I was used to on my resume. You feel me? So instead of immediately turning your attention towards your fresh new desire, you know, your new job, your new relationship, instead of focusing on, on, on that, your great experience you've been having and, and continuing to ponder the idea of this new way of life and happiness and just enjoying it, not questioning it, not saying this, is, this can't be right, this is wrong, something got to be wrong, thus achieving vibrational harmony with your own new idea. Instead of that, guess what you do? Guess what we do? We look back at the relationship you had before, right? And say, ah, compared to, to my ex, man, this is a big jump. It started out good with her, too. This might be something, man. This might, this, this, man, this might just be another one of them things, man. It's too good to be true. Pointing out the reasons that you desire the happy relationship that you're starting to enter into based on what you didn't want in your last relationship. You start to reach back. This job is stressing me out. You conclude, not realizing that in looking at the unpleasant partner or looking at the unpleasant job while you're trying to get the good job that you want or the career you want or the partner you want, you're turning your vibration back to the old man. You're tuning back into your old frequencies and, and not forward to the new partner and career you desire. And wherever your attention goes, that's where your manifestation goes. So you say, I finally got this job. I finally met this girl or I finally met this guy. I finally got my own place. I finally got a car. Uh, uh, I finally things are looking up. Yes. I thought things would continue to go up from here. We we're already planning our first date. I thought it was okay. And then she stopped calling. She stopped texting. Food prices went up. I got fired from my job. And this is as far as you can see. And it's short. You can't see beyond it. 
You can't see the long haul. It's short-sighted. And the short is right now. Yes, today, now, this hour, this minute. Bills are racking up right now. But that's all you can see. As hard as it appears to be, it's only that hard because we believe it to be. Instead of thinking, I don't have no money to go nowhere nice, I just have enough to pay bills. I work, I do all this, but I, I, I only just have enough to pay bills. Think what can be done in due time. Because there are so many fun places to go and interesting things to do. Instead of thinking, all I can afford to do is pay bills. I can't go out, I can't do nothing. Think about how good it feels to pay off some bills. Right? Instead of looking at them as like a curse, like how dare they? Just think about, it feels good that at least I have the money to keep my phone on. At least I have the money to keep my lights on. It's time to feel excited about what we are doing. Don't feel down because you lost your job. Don't feel like you fail because you're not where you want to be right now. Know that you will get something even better where you can be of great use and enjoy it at the same time. It's not a, it's not a trick. Say that in the same sentence, somebody says, oh, too good to be true. Because work is a big part of your life. For most people, work is a big part of your life, if not all. And being happy where you work is an important thing. So say to yourself, it feels good to be really interested in what I'm doing as a career. Go to work prepared to get things done that's required of you on your job because the day moves quickly when you feel invigorated. And you'll begin to realize and appreciate that it feels good to feel good. I tell you what, what? I, I'll be 100% honest with you. With, with two, two listeners, two people that uh, saved my podcast onto their playlist and, and, and want to be notified when there's more. Seven listens. I'm excited. I'm super excited. Why? You say, well, that, that's nothing, man. Are you kidding me? That, that's no money in that. There's no... Uh, man, that's terrible. I'm just getting started. And even if this had been a year, I'll tell you what. Having one person's attention aside from my own is a blessing. It's exciting because where there's one and where there's two, there's 20, there's 200, there's 2,000, just like them. This is the beginning of what you won't see until later. So I'm excited. I'm, I'm invigorated. I feel good about it. You say, well, for me, it's the job. I'm just tired of working for other people. I want to work for myself. But what is the problem? Most people don't have enough savings to cover their expenses for half a year. So you could find something else or follow that passion that you want to do. So yes, everything does seem to be going wrong now if that's the way you see it. 
somebody going through the same thing that you went through right now. You were born with an unlearned knowledge that you do create your own mind. And in fact, that knowledge is so basic within you that when somebody attempts to spoil your own creation, you feel immediate discord within yourself. Well, you might say, hey, you know what? She stopped calling out of nowhere. She just stopped texting all of a sudden and, or, or in this relationship, all of a sudden, you know, we have been going through things for a long time, but now all of a sudden, every little thing that we used to go through and get through with no problem, now it's a huge deal. Now it's an ultimatum every time it happens. I thought everything was fine. I was honest. I thought we were hitting it off well. Then she went missing. But you know what? It's for my benefit because chances are she was dealing with some things that weren't in line with my vibrations. She wasn't matching my tomorrow vibes. And regardless of how it may feel right now, this is a good thing. It's not delusion. It's solution and conclusion. It says in Joshua, ye know in all your hearts and in all your souls that not one thing hath failed of the good things which the Lord your God spake concerning you. All are come to pass unto you, and not one thing hath failed thereof. Stay with me. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely, this sounds like an illusion. Like this guy is the one responsible for the way your life is right now. There's no other explanation. It's clearly this guy because he's deceived you. He's not who you thought he was. He got you pregnant. He got you. He ruined your life. But you realize that's not really what's happening, right? You just got played. You know, she probably went back with somebody. I'm trying to tell you, it doesn't matter if she decided to talk to her ex again or, or whether he decided that, uh, that you weren't what he was looking for. Whatever it was, it was for the best. It sounds cliche, but it, it couldn't be more true. It was for the best. And I'll tell you another thing that's hard for people to talk about. You have some people that aren't in their children's lives. I speak from experience. You got people that aren't in their children's lives. Some that aren't in their children's lives and you say, well, for that person, shame on them. Sometimes it's the best thing that could have ever happened to them to rectify their poor choices. Why? Because that may give that man or that woman a chance to reflect and say that there's somebody out there that needs me. So I'm going to take this alone time to build something to put it, things in place, things that these children need. Though we should be doing that beforehand, let's not give up on a second chance. So you may look at it as the worst thing ever, or I can't do this, I can't provide, I can't do this, da 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 But I heard Alan Watts say, don't be afraid of nothing. I emphasize nothing. A lot of us tough guys say we're, we aren't afraid of nothing. 
But in truth, we are afraid of nothing. Did you follow? Nothing, by definition, in the old Webster 1828 has a lot of different uses, but in this sense, it means no importance. We're afraid of not being important. We're afraid of having no value in life. We're afraid of being of no use to anyone. No man wants to hear that he is of nothing and in his work is for nothing, that he's useless. No good man. I think we're afraid as a people of living in vain. Coming here, living 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 years and just for what? You don't have no legacy. Nobody to pass it to if you had it. Nobody knew you ever was here. They barely know you're here in your own household. That's a vain life. So what we do, we stress when society puts a time clock in our face with its standards. And we fall into it by stressing because according to your neighbor, according to the average person your age, you are behind in life. You're failing at life based on this. I know that sounds like some cliche motivational speaking crap, but the reality really is for the best turnout possible. Stay with me. So if you say it's for the best, it will turn out to be for the best. And if you say it's for the worst, so be it. Or this is just the beginning of everything going wrong for me in life, then I promise you it will. I would like to not be a part of that. I would like to move forward with my life and things going well for me. I say it all the time and I say it again. You have the best lawyers. You have the best defense team. Nobody could beat you on your own case of life. As long as you're convinced you're doing what is best for your case. In your court of life, you are the winner every time. I heard someone say, a, a man is as happy as he has convinced himself he is. There's no one that's going to be able to change your mind but you. Because you have evidence on your side. You have experience on your side. You are the eyewitness in this case of life. In your court of life, you are the eyewitness. And you're going to take the stand every time and prove that it is what you say it is. You have everything you need to convince you that you have every legit reason to be concerned with your life right now. But glance around as you listen to this. If you're in a car, your eyes tell you that you're looking at a number of inanimate objects. Which is true so far as visual perception is concerned. But you're actually looking at thoughts or ideas which have come into materialization through the creative work of some human being. You're looking at someone else's dream. You're looking at someone else's uh, ideas and thoughts that's been manifested. Understand. You're going to win every case. 
So I don't spend my time trying to convince you of something that you can't see a benefit in trying to understand. They say you talk about all that optimistic stuff and the reality is that in real life, it's not like that. Okay. Me and you have been in the same or similar situations before and can be put in the same situation right now. Matter of fact, we in the same situation right now. We're all going through what is so-called pandemic. The so-called pandemic. You keep on with your real life reality and I'll keep on with my betterment uh, fantasizing optimisticism and see how things go. But I guarantee you it's going to go in my favor for my betterment whether you like it or not. As for you, the pessimistic person it's going to be for the worse. I'm not making this up. It's just, I'm just observing the laws of the universe. That's just a reality, guys. It's not some hocus pocus. It's not some hopeless cliche motivational speech stuff. It's just the law. That's the reality. And some of y'all know what I'm talking about. And if you, if you don't know, humor me and show me otherwise. If you don't believe it, I understand. But this is real life, guys. This is the reality. It may not sound all nice, but the reality doesn't need to be nice. It just is. If you're broke, you don't need to say it nicely. You're just broke. If you're rich, you don't need to say it nicely. You're just rich. Nice or not, you're rich. When you feel good, your emotional range would be from contentment to expectation, to eagerness, to joy. But if you're giving your attention to the lack or absence of your circumstances or lack or absence of your desire, your emotions would range from feelings of pessimism to worry, to discouragement, to anger, to insecurity, to depression. Lack. If you found yourself or you find yourself always thinking about what you want instead of what you have. You're concerned with lack. If you find yourself always in need financially, always in need emotionally, etc., you're concerned with lack. Let's not be afraid to identify our current situation. This is how we make it different for tomorrow. If you find yourself talking about what you don't have, you're concerned with lacking, my friend. I'm raising my hand. I know what that is like. It is a battle coming from my uh, uh, environment. Most minority communities, this is the mindset. This is a poverty-stricken mindset. What do you think poverty lack? Need. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask it of God. In order to get out of this mind of being concerned with your life problems, you need to demand the answer from within. 
absence. You find yourself neglectful to things present. You are concerned with the absence of things in your life. Struggle with, I've, again, this is all property stricken. Some of us, this was a way of life and you didn't know any different. So yes, lack, absence was the focus. You thought that was the way out. What are you thinking about most of the time? Consider the lilies of the field. They don't grow in straight lines, neither do they spin. They grow free and effortlessly, not all curled up and twisted. Just nice and straight, free-flowing their growth, and they grow and they grow right. So what, so what we're saying here is, it's not about the comforts of this life. You're too caught up in trying to be comfortable, and you're too caught up in trying to be uh, in convenience which is killing you now. How many times are you going to breathe in and breathe out before you die? You concerned with stuff that just shouldn't concern you. That's not your concern. In other words, once you have practiced a thought long enough, then anytime you approach the subject of that thought, the law of attraction will take you easily into the full vibration of your belief. So now the law of attraction accepts that belief as your point of attraction. And it brings you, it brings things, it brings people, it brings events to match that vibration. And so as you have life experience that matches those thoughts, you were pondering. You conclude, yes, this is truth. This is real life, Quail. This is how it usually works. You say, this is how life really is, Quail. When you're over here with this optimistic voodoo stuff. Bills that you can't keep up with. That's real life, Quail, when you out here for real. People walking in and out of your life. That's, that's, that's real out here in these streets, Quail. You all on your own out here for real, Quail. No matter how many people around you, who really your friend, Quail. There's a one in a million chance of getting the woman or man of your dreams after the choices you've made, after the choices you've made, Quail. Even Kevin Samuel says that, Quail. Gotta look at the numbers. And while it may be accurate to call it truth, I'm not debating. Mr. Samuels is you're right. All them numbers that you add up, all that you just said, you call it truth. But I just learned to call it attraction. I learned to call it creation. Everything that you give your attention to will become your truth and the hamlet, the gamlet is dropped. That's it. So if you really go so far with comparing and contrasting your life with others that you went to school with, that was in your neighborhood, played on a team with, or celebrities. It will indeed appear to be as though everyone else has a sweeter life. Because you aren't happy with your own. That'll have you stressed out alone. That by itself will have you completely stressed out. I don't need to worry about food. I never did. 
I don't need to worry about shelter. At times I did. Your apartment may not be a mansion, but you expect to have some kind of shelter to call home. It supports you from weather conditions outdoors so that you can rest easier than being outside. At some point moving forward here, we got to come to expect these things so that that way it can stop controlling our lives. You got to set it in your heart to expect. I know I, don't, I may not know exactly where all the time. Maybe I'm not to that point yet. But at the least, I can expect to have somewhere comfortable to lay at night. Somewhere safe to lay at night. I can expect to have something to eat. It may not be everything I want. may not be a whatever, but I know that I'm going to eat. I ain't worried about that. I know that I'm going to have some kind of clothes to put on my back. I'm not worried about that. Then we can move forward with our lives. Because in poverty, that is priority. And here's something Terrell Owens said that I found to be true. He said, if you align expectations with reality, you will never be disappointed. If you expect the things that, that have been your reality for the past 20 years, or however long you've been aware enough to control it, if you expect that reality, you will truly never be surprised nor disappointed because you can bet your last five dollars that the relationship you you know that you're in it won't last much longer because it's not like the ones you've been in most of your life that when child support get through with your check and then pass it down to uncle sam and that you won't have much to bring home you could bet your life that you're probably finna lose this car that you just showed off to facebook because you expect it. Unconsciously you expect that. You're not surprised by these things. Why? Because it's deja vu. You done seen it before. If that's where you set your goals. If that's where you set your expectations. For more in life. I like to blunt and slide you a cold beer myself. Because you're going to need it. Because there's a lot more where that came from. And I'm not advocating any of that. I'm just telling you, as, as an illustration, is that serious? You might say, I don't know what I want to, I don't know what clothes my kids are going to wear. They keep growing out of them. I don't know uh, where I'm going to live if things don't go right in this situation. If, things, if these thoughts are the main concern for you, how could you ever grow beyond it? You're constantly trying to survive. You're constantly trying to get through an hour or a minute or 30 minutes. You can't even think about who you truly are and, and, and find a purpose for living because you're just trying to make it another day with the stress of your job and kids and life and your pesky siblings that keep asking you for stuff. There are many great problems remaining. Is the soul capable of separation from the body? Can it survive bodily death? If it can and does, can discarnate souls have any contact with the living or in any way influence them? You know why that sounds like blah, 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 blah. 
Because you don't get to partake in those conversations. Why? Because you're constantly trying to survive. That's too much. When you don't know how much longer the light's going to stay on. In the survival mode, money continues to be a problem. Huh? Why, why, why is that? Relationships continue to be a problem in survival mode. Everyone and everything around you will support your reasons to be stressed out. And you will stay worried and you will stay limited. That's law. Again, that's not me casting the nut on you. That's just law. I'm just making you aware of it. Meanwhile, everybody else will build and conquer dreams never thought possible to them by you and the other survivors who don't think it's possible. While we're discovering new places in the world and building new societies for you and your worrying self to live in. Andre Guy said, man cannot discover new oceans unless he has the courage to lose sight of the shore. How many people are afraid to lose sight of the shore? Y'all afraid to let go. You, you, you don't want to drift out. You don't know what you'll become and what's out there waiting for you. But you're tired of the shore. We as a people are usually worrying about where we're going to sleep tomorrow. We're worrying about uh, 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 if we lost our place, if this, this certain arrangement we got don't work out, what am I going to do next? If we're on the verge of losing our place... Or, or the situation not working out. you already been threatened with being left with homeless. A lot of us is homeless in a home. We just one bad conversation away from being outside. We think about how to keep the lights on. How many jobs we got to have to keep food on the table. And that's the way to keep you busy. And keep you from growing as people. To keep us from reaching our potentials and dominating. We're constantly trying to survive in the hood. We're constantly trying to survive from poverty. We're too busy with surviving to focus on thriving. This is the language of people at a loss and almost complete despair. Second Corinthians, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. We are cast down, but not destroyed. <laughs> Though you may feel like all the things that are rising up against you are too much, don't allow yourself to be troubled by it. Be concerned free. You may be embarrassed about your circumstances. I know all about that. You may even be confused as to how things went the way that it has gone, but never allow yourself to be hopeless because of it. Be concern free. You might even have been harassed by your troubles thus far or feel like your circumstances is a punishment unjustly inflicted upon you by God or the universe. But know that the good that you have sown is not forgotten. We always spend our time talking about the good that we've done and trying to uh, get people to see 
how good we have been to them or to the situation because we feel like it's being forgotten. But you remember that only one that it matters for is you and God because that's how the universe reads off and sends back what you're looking for. So be concern free. You might have felt thrown away by life so far, but you're still here. So there's the chance to still win at this game of life if you'll just drink up the cup of concern-free. This concern-free drink comes in the form of water, but you were looking for juice, not knowing that the water is needed because you may become dehydrated on this path and juice ain't gonna cut it. But you're fighting to have the juice instead because you're looking for the taste of instant gratification. You want to enjoy the pleasures of the sweetness of the juice momentarily, but die of dehydration later because you refuse the water. But in all this fighting against what's working in your favor, because it doesn't feel like it at first. That podcast, this podcast that, that only got two listeners that want to hear me over and over. Seven listens all together the first episode. Doesn't feel like it's going to do very much for your life right now. You know, what is that going to do? That is, I'm burning power. I'm losing money recording it because I got to pay the power bill. I got to, I got to figure out how to keep this going. This ain't bringing in no money. This music ain't bringing in no money. These beats ain't really bringing in. I mean, a little something, but ain't bringing in no real money. I need to go out here and get me a job. It don't feel like it at first. It don't feel like it's working for you at first. It feel like it's to no avail. But you continue to adapt to your society's attempts to make you fit in to their ideology of where you should be at the age of 30, where you should be at 25. And in your own attempt to find less trouble, you have unwittingly relinquished your most basic foundation, your total and absolute freedom to create whatever kind of life your childlike heart can conjure up. That's what you give up when you, when you don't want to kick against the grain. I think Rhonda Byrne said it best. It is as easy to manifest $1 as it is to manifest $1 million. Some people cut me off right there. If you're still listening, stay with me. You say, come on now, Quill. You know better. Come on, stop playing now. Why doesn't everybody have a million dollars at their disposal then? Come on now. Simple. How many people believe that? I'll tell you how many, how many people you think stopped listening at that point. I think if you made it this far, you're going to, you know, you're like, I'll, I'll give them a chance to, to make that up. But how many people you tell that going to turn their nose up like, come on now, bro, you ain't got a million dollars. Everybody would have a million dollars in that case. Come on now. Where did you get that idea from that it was hard? Who told you that? Your parents, your auntie, family, friends, neighbor, somebody you trusted as a mentor or somebody you looked it up to. Somebody told you, somebody put that in your head. We've had some pretty hard times. 
but help always came through just in time. I never lost my belief that my dreams and whatever I wanted and needed at the time were possible for me. And I still don't lose that today. Keep this in mind today. Whatever you're thinking about is like planning a future event. When you are appreciating, you're planning. When you are worrying, you are planning a future event. Worrying is using your imagination to create something you do not want. Now you tell me if it's still something you should do. I thank you all so much for taking the time out. Those who made it to the end, those who took time out to listen in general, I appreciate you. Thank you so much to the ones who have saved me to their playlist that was looking for this next episode. I keep you in mind. I love you guys. I truly do. It is just, this is uplifting to me. It's therapeutic for me as well because all the stuff I'm talking about, I've gone through personally and continue. It's a continuous fight. Don't ever start thinking you reach some plateau or some point where none of this stuff is a challenge to you anymore. It's always going to be a challenge. Life never stops until it's over, right? So life going to keep it coming and you, we just got to, we got to, we got to understand that. So I thank you guys so much for your time, for, you know, for share this. If you, you like it, you know, uh, save it to your playlist. Um, let's just keep it going. We're going to build from here, so pay attention. You're going to see. You're going to be able to say you're one of the ones when this thing started out, you were part of it, and you help it grow to be everything that it becomes. This is what we got to start somewhere, guys. So I appreciate it. And I hope that everyone can learn to be concern-free at some point in your life, whatever aspect that is definitely just learn I was concerned for you through this thing like I'm telling you a lot of the stuff that I talk about a lot of stuff that I go over with you guys and these sermons and things of that nature I be dealing with at that very minute because although I've been through it and have applied these things it doesn't mean it stops it come back and test you and say you still got it so I've, I'm constantly applying I'm applying at the moment of being concerned free of the background of people, you know, kids, noise and stuff. That's how I be in the church. That's how I do. We just have to go through it. We have to go through it. I'm not one of the ones to keep stopping and say, hey, somebody take that child outside. Nah. You know, but at some point, you, you don't want complete disruption. I get that. But anyways, guys, I really appreciate your time. I enjoyed this. And uh, again, you get the views up and, um, you know, I'll bring another one because I'm watching that to see how many people are saving it, how many people want more. This is telling me that. If you want to follow me on social media, you can follow me um, at Quell the Music or at Brilliant Perception on IG. Um, I'm going to be posting a lot of content on there about these uh, sessions that we're having. We're growing the community. I haven't got down to our mission of what we're going to do. <clears throat> I just got to start by getting your mind right first. Once we start getting our mind right, we'll put ourselves in a position to make some great things happen for our minority communities. Um, and this truly can be a great world. Thank you so much. I'm called The Music. This is Brilliant Perception. We'll be leaving this evening.